This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. What kind of game is U.S. President Donald Trump playing with Canada and Mexico? If you missed the news, Donald Trump appeared to suggest on Twitter this morning that Canada and Mexico could win exemptions to his planned sweeping tariffs on steel and aluminum if the two countries sign a new NAFTA trade deal and take other steps. Political commentator Michael Tobe joins us to discuss and take your questions at 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740, toll free. Michael, what is Trump up to here? It's a good question, Jane. I mean, I guess he can sort of say this goes back to Donald Trump's theory of the art of the deal. He wants to obviously change NAFTA. He's wanted to change the North American Free Trade Agreement long before he ever became president. He called it one of the, the worst, if not the worst, trade deal that the United States has ever signed, in his opinion. For that reason, and based on the fact that negotiations with NAFTA, as we know, have been very difficult, with all three sides, U.S., Canada, and Mexico, all sort of staying in their own way, that they're either <clears throat> being mistreated or that the negotiations aren't going well, or that each of the partners have their own, you know, point of view that obviously is not meshing with their own, and we're getting nowhere. There have been talks that through the first few rounds, there have been breaks in negotiation, that there have been infighting. You hear a lot of different things, Jane, and it's hard to know exactly what's going on, other than the fact that negotiations aren't going well. So, Donald Trump, who is now really pushing very heavy, this new tariff that's going to come on, 25% for steel products, 10% for aluminum products, for a short period of time. It certainly it appeared that Canada might be one of the few countries that would be exempt from it. That no longer seems to be the case. But now Trump is coming back and saying, well, you know what, we're going to put it forward in the next couple weeks. But if Canada comes around and basically goes along with the United States 17-page document with over 100 list issues of demands that the U.S. wants to improve NAFTA, for their own point of view, obviously, then fine, those tariffs will slowly disappear. I think basically what Trump is doing is, if you want to play hardball with me, that's fine. Here's your way out. If you, if you want to sign a new agreement with NAFTA, that's great. Otherwise, you're going to have to deal with the tariffs. And that's what Canada has to look forward to. Well, what is the lesser of two evils here? Do everything they want with NAFTA or be penalized with these new tariffs? Well, you see, this is a big problem because I think that if they move ahead and maintain NAFTA, which I still thought even before the tariffs ever came up as a point of discussion, the preservation of NAFTA, the preservation of the global marketplace, important trade blocks, because whether we like it or not, ladies and gentlemen, this is the world we live in and this is how things operate. The fact that the United Kingdom is leaving the European Union, another trade bloc, is not an example of what most Western democracies are doing right now. Most of us work within trade blocks, 
and we we obviously do deal and trade country by country, but we also deal trade block by trade block. It's still it's just the way our society has moved forward. So it's important for Canada to keep it, and I felt that it should be preserved. That being NAFTA. The problem is that if you look at the 17 pages of documents and over 100 listed demands, a lot of the issues that the United States is pushing for is obviously America first, which Donald Trump has been talking about since he was elected and even prior to that, which is to ensure that American companies, trade unions, tra- the trade dispute resolution, etc., all works in the U.S.'s favor. Sure, it'll, in their minds, benefit NAFTA or create a better or fresher or more reformed NAFTA, but obviously they're looking at it from a U.S. lens, which is understandable. So no matter what we do, if we stay on these, if we basically just accept the tariffs, NAFTA falls apart and the Canada and the U.S. make some sort of a side arrangement as time goes along, I think it could obviously be very deadly for Canadian businesses, Canadian jobs, and just the market in general. On the other hand, if we basically give in to a lot of the demands that the Americans want for NAFTA, that may not benefit us either because, as I said before, Americans are looking at NAFTA as a way to improve and enhance their position in this trade deal rather than anyone else's. So which is the lesser of two evils? Probably in the grand scheme of things, if NAFTA has become this difficult and this impossible to negotiate, it's not really worth our while to suddenly say, well, the only thing we can do to preserve NAFTA and get rid of those tariffs is to give in to all the American demands. This isn't a pro or an anti-U.S. position. I'm pro-U.S. I like the United States, and I want to deal with them, and I know how important they are in the world. On the other hand, it may be worth our while to see if we can negotiate with President Donald Trump and his senior advisors, see if there's a way to reduce the tariffs by a significant amount on steel and a lesser on aluminum and make things easier for us to continue forward. Because if not, and let's say NAFTA falls apart and this is what we're left with, it's going to be terrible for Canada. So I think we've got to come out with the best possible deal we can for whatever exists and decide which is ultimately the lesser of two evils. And who knows, it may end up not being NAFTA. You're listening to Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Jane for Libby and our political commentator today, Michael Tobe, taking your calls about NAFTA and about these suggested tariffs and the the dance that's going on right now at the White House. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Michael, we know that Donald Trump responds to without this sounding critical, but he does respond to his his ego. He responds to people that make him feel good or that talk to him in a way that makes him feel empathetic towards their issues. Sure. You, you mentioned about sitting down and negotiating with Donald Trump. Is this... How do how does the, how does Canada play this? I mean, certainly Justin Trudeau has had success in his one on one meetings with Donald Trump, so, and I know that Elizabeth May made a phone call yesterday. Should mm-hmm. should Trudeau be making a phone call? I think so. It certainly makes sense. I mean, Finance Minister Bill Morneau basically just sort of saying that it's unfair. Well, yeah, it is unfair, but that doesn't really mean anything. You have to actually get down and dirty with Donald Trump to ensure 
that he understands what your position is and what you feel is necessary to do moving forward. It doesn't mean that Mr. Trump is going to listen to what you have to say. It doesn't even necessarily mean he's going to follow much of what you have to say, that being following your lead and changing things ABC to your advantage. But I think Donald Trump prefers to have people of positions of authority or in power actually making these arrangements. In this case, it has to be Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau who has to make that phone call and have that discussion with Donald Trump. Here's the problem, Jane, and this is obviously partisan on my point of view, but it's also ideological. You know, I am a conservative. I obviously don't have faith in this liberal government as I wouldn't have faith in any liberal government. But when it comes to this particular prime minister, he is by far the worst representative we could have ever had. If Jean Chrétien or Paul Martin or someone like them, or even, believe it or not, his, Justin's father, Pierre Trudeau, were sitting on the other side of the aisle or on the other end of that phone call, you may not be happy with the final result, but you would at least know that due to their experience and their negotiating abilities, that at least Canada would end up a little bit better. Maybe not to the extent that we want. Maybe it wouldn't be the exact arrangement we had in mind. But with their political experience and savvy and ability to communicate messaging, I think that it would have worked to Canada's benefit. What we're learning with Justin Trudeau, Jane, and obviously some of your listeners may disagree, is that he is just very inept when it comes to these things. The good conversations that he's had with Donald Trump are real, obviously, but they haven't been wildly oriented towards policy. Yes, they had a, you know, a good meeting way back when, just after Donald Trump was elected president, and they had that arrangement or that conference with different women leaders and business leaders and encouraging more women to go into business, all very important and all very good. But it's a very different issue to talk about something that talks, discusses women in business and includes Ivanka Trump at the table versus a trade arrangement like NAFTA, which can basically make or break a nation in a heartbeat. And the thing is, when it comes to Justin Trudeau, do you really trust someone like that with his lack of negotiating skills to go against someone like Donald Trump, who can be very volatile and, as you say, follows his gut more than anything else when it comes to leadership? All right. You You asked a question. Let's go to the phones and see what our listeners have to say about the topic. Bob in Etobicoke, you're our first up on Fight Back. Go ahead. Okay, my view is I don't know whether or not uh, Donald Trump is still upset with Canada about the Omar Carter thing. I believe he is. He was really upset, and I think Trudeau should be apologizing to the American people for it. And I believe he should write a check for that woman for the 11 or 10.5 million. And maybe we wouldn't have these troubles that we are having with the Americans because that was a real bitter thing right across the street. Okay, I've Bob. I've on Fox News 10 times. All right, let me put that question to Michael Tobe. Could there be an underlying issue with why Trump is being so tough with us? I think there are several. Certainly Omer Cotter would be one of them. I don't see any dispute in that. Um, in the sense that <clears throat> previous presidents before him, including even Bar- Barack Obama, for example, were not pleased with the way Canada handled the Omer Cotter affair. It's been a bit of a sore point for quite a while, and I can understand that. 
Um, as to whether that is the overriding or overarching theme, my guess is that Donald Trump has actually given away that secret over time, which is that he's been unhappy with the way Canada has been handling negotiations. His line uh, from a few weeks ago, which you may have discussed in your radio program, or perhaps Libby did, was Canada is very smooth when it comes to negotiations. They say everything is great, everything is wonderful, but when push comes to shove, the actual scene doesn't really look all that pleasant, or at least not in the way that the Canadians are discussing it. That very smooth line was actually really caught my eye because I think that's the way Donald Trump looks at this country, in the sense that you're looking at a middle power who obviously has some influence, some ability, but not an enormous amount of power, yet they obviously are trying to sell themselves as an important partner in trade arrangements like NAFTA and make themselves out to be more than they actually are. Interesting. Interesting analysis. (laughs) Whether you agree with Michael or not, the phones are open on this topic for a few more minutes. 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Bernie in Mississauga, what do you have to add to the conversation? Uh, I think uh, what Candace should do is pack up their papers, put them in their little briefcases, and walk away from NAFTA. I think it's time that they start uh, giving it back to Donald Trump the way he's been giving the can on the chin, softwood lumber, aerospace, now uh, aluminum and steel. And I think that uh, what he's trying to do is blackmail the Canadians to, to, to succumb on NAFTA so he can get his own way. And I think it, it's time for the Canadians to show a little bit of gumption and walk away from the NAFTA deal. We've got a great country here. We've got lots of resources. We've got a, a, a well-educated workforce and everything. Chart our own course. All right, Bernie, thanks for your call. What about that, Michael? Get a backbone, walk away, don't take any guff from the United States. How would that affect us? Oh, well, we certainly don't have to. I mean, obviously, we can show that we have our own medal, but what are we going into? I mean, it's nice to say, let's walk away from this deal. The United States is being too difficult to deal with. Um, you know, in the end, ultimately, Canada and the U.S. will have some trade arrangement, even if it's minor, and we can sort of chart our own course. The question is, chart our own course to what? The European Union is not going to let us in. Other global marketplaces will deal with us to some degree here and there. But Canada needs to have an economic plan in mind where it can survive and go much further on its own. We are not a big nation. Yes, we have a lot of natural resources. We obviously have a lot of brain power. We have ability. But we're, we're basically very limited or very stunted in terms of how far we can actually go. We are not an economic powerhouse. We are a good country by all means, and we should be proud of the things that we have accomplished. But let's not be, let's, we have to be somewhat realistic. There's only so far we can go, and there's only so far that other countries are going to trade and deal with us when we only have so much to offer to them. Well, what about our natural resources for ourselves, though? Could we go it alone without the United States? No, we okay. could not. I mean, I know some people have suggested that. We could certainly make other trade arrangements. I mean, one of the advantages that Stephen Harper and Justin Trudeau have carried on is the Asia Pacific Gateway. There's a whole new marketplace right there. Canada and the EU obviously have a new trade deal in place, which Mr. Harper pushed for and Mr. Trudeau, to his credit, finished. That is obviously beneficial as well and will bring in more products into Canada, including a, a greater degree of 
cheese, meats, and other things. All of that is wonderful. But I don't think Canada's natural resources are strong enough or powerful enough to make us a country that could sort of run on its own independently, like, say, the United Kingdom could when they leave the European Union in 2019. They have more in power, more influence, more ability, and more things to offer the world. Canada certainly has things to offer, Jane. There's no question of that. But to believe that Canada could go out on its own and chart its own course... With all due respect, it's not possible. All right, let's take one last call before we change topics. Joe in Bowmanville, go ahead. Hi, how are you doing? I hope you can hear me okay. Yes, we can. You're on your uh, cell phone, hopefully hands-free. <laughs> yes, they are hands-free. Okay, uh, good. Great great points with everything. I think the $10.5 million, everything you've been talking about. I think the other thing, too, about the slap in the face by uh, our own Prime Minister, he didn't even go to the inauguration. I think uh, he doesn't forget that, uh, on top of everything else. I just wanted to add that into that. Okay, thanks, Joe. Uh, I mean, in terms of the relationship between Justin Trudeau and Donald Trump, as you say, it has not been all that substantive, but it's certainly been friendly. Oh, it's absolutely been friendly. It's been more friendly, I think, than people initially or originally assumed. No, and part of that has been aided, I think, to some degree, believe it or not, by Brian Mulroney, who is actually... Uh, you know, has a lot of respect for Justin Trudeau and spoke highly of him before Trudeau became prime minister and has had a friendship with Donald Trump, believe it or not, for about 25 years. So I think he was able to smooth over some possible rough edges that would have basically occurred between these two men, that being um, uh, Trump and Trudeau, who are diametrically opposed to each other politically, economically, and in other ways, too. So that was definitely helpful, and their relationship has certainly been a pleasant one for the most part. But it's not going to be as very, or will not be as pleasant, if all things come push come to shove, and we suddenly have to either leave NAFTA and accept these wild new tariffs that the United States is going to bring in, or we come to some arrangement with NAFTA at the last minute to basically protect us from those tariffs, but give in to a lot of things that we originally said we didn't want to do in the first place. If, you know, we're really caught between a rock and a hard place on this one, Jane, and it's a very difficult issue for the federal government to deal with. As I said before, not to sound like a broken record, I would have preferred in a very difficult atmosphere like this that we had a prime minister who was more competent and more, had more abilities in terms of negotiation, uh, negotiating uh, policy understanding or just p- basic proposals, the wheeling and dealing that's involved not just in business but in politics. I wish it had been someone other than Justin Trudeau This is who we have currently. Hopefully the people around him can get the best possible deal for Canada overall. But again, as I said before, we can't assume that we can just walk away from everything and be okay and that life's going to be all hunky-dory. We're not big enough and we're not powerful enough for that. As always, we appreciate your thoughts, Michael. Uh, Great to talk with you again. My pleasure. Have a good day, Jane. You too. Political commentator Michael Tobe on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Jane for Libby and still to come, our experts from Home Equity take your calls on reverse mortgages. And next, one PC MPP tries to give Ontario municipalities more control when it comes to placement of landfill sites. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.